Want to see your kids get organized? In episode 51, we talked about what you can do. Now today, we're going to talk about what your kids can do. Welcome to the Life Organized Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Layton, and as the creator of both the Life Organized Podcast and the Life Organized Membership, I teach busy moms how to get organized, manage their time, and master their mindset. I'm a mom and wife too, so I know how overwhelming it can all be. But living an organized life means you don't have to sacrifice anything. With the right systems and tools, you can get your home and family running like a well-oiled machine and still have time for all the other things you love to do. If you're new here, DM me the word fast on Instagram at jlthehappygal and I will send you my top tips to help you get organized fast. We'll cover clutter, time management, and give you empowering new perspectives that will make organizing your life so much easier. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hey there, welcome to the second half of getting your kids organized. Oh, I so wanted to include all of this in one episode, but I know how it is. It's hard to find more than 15 or 20 minutes to listen to a podcast episode. So talking about it all at once would have made it a really long episode. So it just made sense to divide it up. So we're just going to review that last episode, we talked all about the ways that your actions can influence your kids and help them to be more organized. And in this episode, we're going to talk about actions they can take using three happy gal tools that are kid-friendly. They're basic, and if you've listened to the podcast and implemented some of what you've learned, I bet you have some experience with them, which will make it so much easier for you to teach them. So just note that as you enthusiastically share these tools with the kids, they're probably not going to be as excited about it as you are. So my advice is keep it light, keep it fun, keep it casual, and make it their choice. And then these tools will be something they have in their toolbox that they'll pull out when they are ready to use them. So don't do what I am tempted to do all the time, like nag or say, well, if you did use that tool I taught you, maybe you wouldn't be in this situation. It's so hard as a mom to not do that. But really, if you want your kids to not get turned off by the idea of organization, teach them these tools and then be gentle about how and when you remind them about them. And as we mentioned in the last episode, don't keep your own success with these tools a secret. As they see the benefit in your life, they'll come around, though some are going to definitely be slower than others. All right. So with that said, let's jump into the happy gal tools that can help your kids get more organized. Tool number one, teach them to have their own personal home base. So remember, home base for you is that area that when it's clean, it makes you feel focused and more productive and in control of your life. But when it's not, you feel distracted or overwhelmed or unmotivated. And so I can tell you already that your personal home base, which I'm guessing is probably that kitchen family room area or the cockpit of your home that you operate the most out of the day, This is probably not the space that your kids would consider to be their personal home base. I mean, how often do you see your kids worrying about dishes being in the sink? Clearly, that does not affect them. So what we want to do in home base is figure out what space does affect them, what bothers them. Are there areas in their life that when it's clean and organized, 
just helps them function better. And when it's not, well, they can feel a lot like you do when the kitchen's a mess. They can feel that distraction, that overwhelm, that lack of motivation. So the key here is to teach them that home-based concept, but then let them discover what that area is for themselves. I think the natural thought is, well, their home base should be their bedroom, but it's not going to work if they don't really care when it's messy. Remember the whole key to home base working is how you feel when it's not in order. So if we really want to teach them this concept, they get to pick. Now, if they do pick their bedroom, that's a win-win because I know you'd like to see them keep their bedroom cleaner. So that's great. And for some kids, they will. But if it's not... Again, help them realize what it is for them. So for example, my sister didn't really care about a messy room, but she could not tolerate a messy closet. So even growing up, even as a young teenager, she needed her clothes hanging and color-coded so it was easier for her to get ready in the morning. That's what mattered to her. If we'd had the name for it back then, we could have called her closet her home base But of course, we didn't. We just knew that that's what meant a lot to her. But because you have that name, you can be on the lookout for what that space is for your child. Another example, one of my daughters doesn't seem impacted as well by a messy room. But if her computer isn't charged overnight and her sports bags are not packed and ready before bed for the next morning and her backpack and homework aren't packed and next to the kitchen island, She has a rough morning. So you can kind of see how these things have a similar impact on them that dirty dishes might have on you. So as you're explaining home base to your kids, just ask them what thing, when done, helps your day go great. But when it's not done, you have a harder time. If they don't know, make some suggestions, give some examples kind of tell them things you've observed. Sometimes you might have to spell it out for them, but you'll know once they resonate with some regular thing they need to do to keep them at their best. Or if they just recognize they're happier when some personal space that they're in charge of is in order, use this as the opportunity to teach them the important skill of home base. Let them know what your home base is and how it it impacts you and tell them what you do to keep it up. And then ask them if they think that it might help them every day if they made a little habit to take care of home base. At that point, you've made your point. So just leave it in their hands. And then remember that quote that we talked about last week in episode 51 with people fast is slow and slow is fast. So let it be slow for them. Let it make sense. Let it resonate. Let them try it. And when they become converted to the home base idea, That's when it gets fast. That's when they're loyal to it and they don't want to stray from it because they know how much better it makes them feel. So if you're new to the show or if you need a refresher on home base, just check out episode two when you don't know where to start. And I'll link to that in the show notes. But basically, that is what we're trying to teach our kids as a top priority when we are teaching them to get organized. All right, let's talk about another tool that can help them get more organized. This tool is to catch it as you think of it. Did you ever listen to this fun Life Organized podcast episode? It was episode number 10 
when you forget to do things. You might want to check that one out. We'll include that link in the show notes as well. This episode was kind of a classic, and it was inspired by a Saturday when my daughter realized that she needed a pink polka-dotted scarf for her Halloween costume that night. This caused quite the disruption to our day because it's not like pink polka-dotted scarves or something that every store is stocked up on on a regular basis. So we called around, we talked to friends, and while I was on a 30-minute drive to pick up this scarf for my daughter, I asked my daughter, how long have you known that you needed this for your costume? And it turns out she had known for quite a while. She just kept forgetting to tell me about it. That's when the whole catch it as you think of it tool was born. So this is an organizing tool that kids need so badly because how many times have your kids forgotten to tell you that they need a bag of candy or a plain white t-shirt or some Clorox wipes or something for school, but they don't tell you until the morning they need it? Or think of some big assignment that's due, some report or essay that your kids don't remember about until maybe the night before. All right, whether you jump in to help or not, this is a perfect opportunity to teach the kids how important catching it as you think of it is. So catch it as you think of it basically means that because your conscious brain can't hold on to details for very long, it's really important that you write down what needs to be done the moment you think of it. If you don't, the idea will be gone and you probably won't think of it again until it's an emergency, or until it's too late. So when I teach this to my students and my clients, I recommend that they catch these thoughts and write them down in their to-do list. And that works really well for adults. But when you teach it to your kids, their eyes are going to glaze over if you even mention a to-do list. I know with my teenagers, I've found it's a lot more effective to tell them to text me so I can add it to my list as soon as they think of it, or to even text it to themselves. Then they can leave that text unopened until they get home and can finish up what they're doing and then do something about it. So I think Catch It As You Think of It is a great tool to help kids start to feel confident in time management and organization. And again, as we talked about in the last episode, this is something you can reinforce every time you catch a thought as you think of it. When you use up the last of an ingredient as you're cooking, ask one of your kids to add it to your shopping list for you and let them know how much Catch It As You Think of It helps you stay on top of your life. Or if you're driving in the car and remember something you need to do, like an errand you need to run or somebody you need to call, ask your kid sitting next to you to add it to your to-do list for you. And then once again, just mention, catch it if you think of it is saving me right now. It's not if, but when they drop the ball and forget about something or miss a deadline, take some time and validate how they're feeling And then tell them that hopefully next time they can avoid this problem by catching it as they think of it. They're not going to catch everything, but I am seeing a big improvement with my kids as we reinforce this one. Sometimes I'll even make it into a game. I'll say, catch it. And then one of them will say, as you think of it, we know. (laughs) And even though they sound annoyed, there are times when they remember to do something and say, mom, guess what? I caught it as I thought of it. So I know we're making some progress. So I think this is a great one to introduce to your kids. Okay, the third tool that 
can help your kids get more organized is to teach them how to create their own routine. So by now, you know, routines are kind of the nuts and bolts at the happy gal. It's what makes us not have to consciously think about how to solve a problem because it's like we've built a machine, which is the routine, and that routine solves the problem for us. All we have to do is turn the machine on or just show up and get the routine started. I think it's really helpful for your kids to see your good relationship with routines. Again, we kind of mentioned this in the last episode, but it's pretty easy for people to say they don't like routines, that they're too structured, they're feel trapped, they don't let them be spontaneous. What if they don't feel like doing what is on their routine? I wonder how much of that is learned behavior from listening to other people who don't have a good relationship with routines. So they're going to mimic what you say. So talk about how good routines are for you. If you talk about how trapped you feel by routines, kids are going to believe it, and then that will create the case for them. But point out how great a routine feels, how it takes a little bit of time to learn how to do it to make it a habit, kind of like it takes a little bit of time to learn how to drive the car or play a piano piece. But once you've learned how and it's automatic for your brain, routines are really such a blessing in helping you get things done. Your kids will understand this and sense this and get more confidence in the idea of a routine. So as that confidence grows, help them create a routine deliberately. Think back to episode seven when you need to create a routine. And if you haven't listened to it recently, I would suggest you go back and re-listen to that episode because in there, I teach you the right way to create a routine. This way that I teach you helps you bypass the frustration of a routine not working for you or feeling like routines are too long and tedious or like it's something you definitely want to avoid. When you build a routine with my happy gal strategy using that PATH acronym that I teach in that episode seven, you're creating a customized plan to get a specific thing done. So customized meaning it works really well for you. So the point is, You can teach this to your kids. You're going to want to simplify it and make it a little more fun, but help your kids identify a certain regular thing that needs to get done in their lives and then show them how they can make it quick, easy, concise, and anchor it in with a habit hook so it's mindless and easy for them. So remember, if you want success, you'll need to have their buy-in. Perfect example of this is recently a client was trying to figure out how to help her son fit in time for homework and playtime after school before dinner and bedtime. The client considered multiple approaches, but none of them felt right. And I finally asked her, why don't you ask your son to create this routine for himself? Ask him when he feels like playing. Ask him when he thinks he'll be able to concentrate the best. Let him figure out what that order is when he gets home, has his snack, how much time he needs to unwind. Let's see how that works. And that's what she did. And the solution he came up with was not what she would have thought of or picked. But keep in mind that we want kids that are organized. And that won't happen if they don't learn how to do it for themselves. When they are a part of creating the solution, they're more likely to follow through with it. Okay, so two episodes to get to this point when we ask the million-dollar question, so what? What are you going to do with all this information? 
How can we help our kids get organized? Well, I want to bring it back to two simple steps. First of all, as we talked about in the last episode, what can you do to establish more of an organized culture in your home? Can you speak more positively? Can you celebrate more publicly? Can you act more consistently? What do you know deep down that you need to do? So recognize that so that you can help your kids get organized. Know that this is the long game and establishing your roots more deeply in an organized life is your best move if you want to win. Okay, secondly, consider which of the three organizing tools I shared today sounds easiest to teach your kids. So we talked about home base, catch it as you think of it, and create a routine. So what sounds like it would be the easiest thing to teach your kids? Whatever it is, talk to your kids about that one and then emulate it yourself, model it to them so they can see it in action. I want you to know that there is nothing that makes me more excited than seeing my clients and students teach their kids the happy gal tools. I love the idea that this light and this lifestyle can spread. And I hope it's something that will spread in your home, in your family. So thanks so much for being a part of this episode today. Have a good one. And I will talk to you next week.